Welcome to Fintech Chat and News, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in Fintech Executive Search. Follow us on your favorite podcast player or Fintech Chatter TV on YouTube. Welcome to Fintech Chatter News on the 23rd of August 2022. I'm Dexter. And I'm Joanne. Well, more positive news on the funding side and lots of positive news to share from friends of the show. Bizar.io are the latest fintech to announce an investment round and co-founder and CEO Stuart Lowe will be joining us a little bit later in the show. But first up, the home lending space continues to provide growth opportunities for emerging fintechs. Sherlock has announced it has gone into partnership with AFG, providing brokers with better insight to help with customer retention. At a time when rising interest rates are on every homeowner's minds, the partnership will allow an easier repricing experience for customers wishing to move home loans. And our friends at FE have entered into partnership with AD Group to target more customers in the off-plan development space. The partnership will allow brokers to build and promote their profile on AD Group. Customers will get instant access to brokers through FE's white label technology. Well, crypto is still very much making the news headlines as regulation draws ever nearer. Yesterday, the Albanese government announced their intent to go down the crypto rabbit hole and begin the process of token mapping in what will be a world first. This is a massive opportunity for Australia to position itself as a hotbed for crypto and Web3 innovation. Almost everybody in the industry here in Australia has been crying out for regulation, so this feels like a huge step forward. But without a CEO at the helm of Blockchain Australia right now, we'll need everyone to pull in the right direction, especially with policy submissions. The push for regulation is a message that has been echoed by the UN for developing nations. Emerging nations such as Kenya, India and Venezuela have disproportionately higher ownership of crypto and there have been calls to curb advertising and introduce strict regulation across all decentralised finance in these nations. And in more crypto news, Mastercard has partnered with cryptocurrency exchange platform Ebonex to allow purchases in crypto. This follows the news that Datamesh had partnered with Crypto.com to offer payments using crypto. Well, I'm joined now by a really good friend of the show, the CEO and founder of Biza, Stuart Lowe. Stuart, great to have you back with us. Yeah, it's great to be back, Dexter. It's been a while. It has been a while, and it is very good to have you back to announce it you know, and talk about the news that you've announced this week. Do you want to share with our listeners a little bit about um, what's happened? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, after bootstrapping for quite a few years, uh, uh, Biz.io just closed a Series A round of $7.5 million uh, uh, VCs, uh, OIF Ventures and Gillix Ventures. Uh, and uh, we're really excited to have them on board. Awesome. Now, um, you, you mentioned there a little bit about you, you had been bootstrapping. Um, why did you choose now to go out and raise money? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I guess, I mean, 
I, I guess the first thing we should start off with, you know, what does Biza do? Uh, briefly, uh, Biza uh, solves uh, for the data holder and compliance aspects uh, uh, of the uh, CDR. Uh, we we uh, have a product called Holder as a Service, uh, which is essentially a turnkey uh, software as a service uh, that helps a a bank or a, a energy company uh, meet compliance. Uh, we just hook into your systems and we meet all the CDR uh, obligations uh, and. You know, we, as you said, we've been running that uh, as a, a bootstrap business uh, for quite some time. Our first customers, Regional Australia Bank, uh, uh, in late uh, 2020, uh, and uh, we've grown a fair bit since then. Um, but I think probably the the key call out is we, we got to a point and we were profitable uh, uh, without you know with the growth we experienced in 2021. Um, but what we started seeing was opportunities. I guess um, I wouldn't say passing us by, but we could see opportunities coming up. And probably the key thing uh, as a bootstrap business is you will always prioritize the deal that that you've signed and the and the customers that you have right and the product yeah. that you've got market fit for, uh, and and so you know you, there's not much much risk, uh, risk capital available uh, yeah. basically to say you know we think maybe this product over here could really be a thing, uh, but but we haven't signed a customer yet so we can't prioritize it. We're going to focus on the on the product that, that customers have signed and we've got validation for so that this business can keep growing. And so, you know, that, that's sort of what led us down the path of saying, okay, well, it, it, it seems like it's a logical time to raise uh, some capital uh, and no longer have the, uh, the bootstrapped uh, type sticker or the uh, bootstrapped uh, badge, so to speak. Uh, uh, and, you know, then it came down to not just uh, acquiring that, the capital side, there's a, there's a few other funding options uh, clearly, uh, when you're running, you know, when you've got profitability, uh, but but also trying to find the right partners yeah. uh, as well. Um, and I mean, OIF and, and Gilix have a, a reputation, yeah. uh, basically, as backing founders all the way in. Um, they they make a number of very small bets and they back them for five or six years at least. Uh, you know, for instance, Go One, uh, for instance, um, they 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 were one of their very first investors. Uh, and so, you know, we really found a fit uh, with Gilix and, and OIF uh, in that uh, respect, right? Um, and also, of course, with that type of network, you know, it's 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 not so much what money can buy, but but having that network of connections to introduce us as we as we scale up to various people, whether they be customer opportunities, right? Um, impossible employee opportunities, right? Um, you know, key people that that might be important for us to talk to. Um, so yeah, I guess that's probably the background on, on why we raised uh, uh, rather than going along is is we just wanted to take advantage of this inflection point in the mm. ecosystem uh, and 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 I guess close it right. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's that's what this gave us. Awesome. Now it is a really tough time, you know. I think for people to to go out there and and try and raise. Um, what kind of reception did you get, and, and what was it about Jellix and and um, OIF that? Yeah, they see in Bizio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I, I guess there's a there's a there's a partial element there where um, uh, we, we were approaching uh, these guys uh, uh, with with profitability already. Firstly, um, so you know that's quite unusual yeah. uh, for a, for a startup taking its first money, having already hit that. Uh, clearly, we had good product market fit, and you know we had a sticky product in the sense that it's a compliance obligation, uh, and we we'd proven our product in market and actually had you know quite a long list of customers and 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 i guess logos i said i guess um and also to be honest um the the caliber or the size i guess of customer um was increasing over 
uh, the 2021 period. So we went from businesses with, you know, 100, 200,000 customers uh, now into businesses that have, you know, 12, 15 million customers. Yeah, look, you, you, you've done an awesome job over this last few years of, of building the business. What would you say are kind of been some of the, the key lessons for you, Stuart? You know, is, um, you know, and what advice would you give to other founders who are, you know, thinking about their, you know, do, doing something like this? Uh, well, look, I mean, the journey, the journey on Bizzler has been a long one. Uh, Bizzler was founded in 2017. Um, so I guess, it, you know, the, without trying to sound rhetorical, don't give up. Um, but, um, you know, the other lessons have really been, um, I guess, focused on finding that product market fit, right, as much as you possibly can, um, uh, as quickly as you can, right? And I guess the other one I would say is, you know, expect that, expect that your first few deals, you know, the value isn't the deal. The value is having those first few deals, right? It starts flowing a lot faster once you can start saying, hey, why don't you call this customer or this customer, right? It's a very different conversation when they say, oh, so do you have any customers you want to, you know, um, refer us to? And you say, oh, no, you'd be the first, right? Um, that's a much harder um, value proposition to sell no matter how good your product is. Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, I'm certainly not suggesting, you know, it's got to be reasonable, you know, you shouldn't let people take advantage of you on that first deal or anything like that. But it also has to be a case of, you know, this concept of, of I'll sign my first deal and I'll be break even. You've either got a very, very lean product to do that. Okay. Or it's, it's already setting an unrealistic mm-hmm. price. Right. Um, and the reality is that those first few customers are going to, you know, they're going to make a dramatic, uh, impression. And, and if you listen to them, an improvement on, on your product and make it so much better. Right. And, uh, I guess you won't realize, uh, that that's the case yeah. at the time. Right. Um, you know, in fact, you might even oppose it at the time. <laughs> right. But, but in, with retrospect, I can say that, that every time we've listened to our customers, Right, it's it served us well mm. both um, in happiness with those customers, and not just that customer, but other customers. We get feedback like, you know, like, oh, I'm so glad you finally did that. I've been meaning to talk to you about that, right? Um, but also uh, uh, in commercial, you know, commercial benefit as well, because you get a reputation, right, as as an organization that listens to its customers yeah. and changes and evolves its product, yeah. right? Um, and it's quite rare um, in that enterprise software market, which is where we play. So. Yeah. No, I'm going to kind of take you back. We had you first on the show a couple of years back, you know, the the open banking special that we did um, just before CDR went live. We're now kind of two years on. Um, What's your kind of general sense as to to where we're at and and what needs to happen next for, you know, the, the, the kind of vision to be fulfilled? Yeah, look, it's certainly uh, it's been a it's been a long journey um, so far, uh, but it pr- probably not too surprising. Uh, I think um, anyone, uh, I guess, in the in the fintech or startup space, always wants things faster than than the slow the, the slow cogs of you know various enterprises and governments are, are able to achieve. Uh, but at the same time, um, I think we've got a good baseline uh, uh, when it comes to the CDR. Uh, you know, we, we've got essentially all data holders online now, compliance. Uh, is 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 improving and 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 uh, certainly data availability is improving and I'd like to think that the the, the recent news that follows turning off screen scraping, for instance, is a you know it's a good sort of um, I guess hat tip to say that we're finally getting somewhere there. Um, 
you know, props to Tony. Um, but I think probably the key to really take advantage of this now uh, is is getting those value propositions, getting the number of value propositions from data recipients uh, uh, increasing, right, and getting them out to market. Um, and I think um, this funding is certainly going to be helpful for Biza uh, in, in, in being part of that journey as well. Right, stepping beyond just compliance uh, for these holders, which you know that is that is our bread and butter, and that's been that's that's you know been really great and 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 um, from a commercial perspective. But now you know it, it turns into okay, what value can we introduce into this ecosystem? Mm. Right, and I think I think we're probably closer now to that uptick point um, than than people perhaps think, because it, it'll only take you know, one, two or three value propositions that the general public suddenly really starts getting involved in, yeah. right, um, to really start seeing, you know, a lot more data flowing. Yeah, right? so, awesome. Yeah, let's, no, let's see. Yeah, yeah. no, other good news is that um, you've got a lot of hiring to do. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, we are. We are tripling in size is, is, is the target. Um, so, uh, look, we have a variety of, of roles, uh, everything from – uh, you know, front-end engineers, back-end engineers, uh, the, the usual type of engineering mix through to infrastructure as well, okay? But also um, there's a, a heavy focus on optimizing our um, not only our uh, product management capacity, okay? Uh, I think product management for us has been um, a little bit ad hoc. It's almost been stews management as opposed to a formalized product management approach, uh, but also uh, uh, product uh, or service delivery right, um, our project delivery methodology now um, in order to get that scale up type um, delivery, right, we really need to formalize that as well. Yeah. So we have quite a few uh, roles in the service delivery space and that customer success space. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a mix, right? It's not just engineering. Uh, it's, it's a mix across engineering, infrastructure, delivery, and product management. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, uh, look, we're looking forward to the, meeting all those excited people. Yeah. yeah, look, and I guess the big sell is that you know that people would be joining at a time where you know I hate using all these vernaculars like rocket ships, etc. But this is a, a fantastic time to be joining the business, and you're a business that's really making a, a a big difference and doing something that's really quite innovative. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean. Uh, uh, you know, uh, once again, uh, channeling that uh, bootstrapper type mentality, I wouldn't get too far ahead of myself until the deal's done. But, um, but yeah, look, we definitely seem like we're on an inflection point. Yeah. Uh, uh, we definitely are now well capitalized uh, to, to do that, um, you know, in the midst of this market situation, right? Uh, and, of course, um, yeah, I mean, as with all startups, right, uh, we're, we're definitely keen uh, to give uh, to give our employees a little piece as well, which which obviously... Um, which obviously could could pay serious dividend. Yeah, I would I would say it's a good time to join, especially yep. since we're remote native. You know, yep. I, we, we were born in a pandemic. Um, there's a lot of advantages to joining us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Now, um, yeah, I know that some seriously talented people listen to the show because you're included in the audience. It's a good show. Yeah, yeah. for the, for those who are listening. Um, What's the best way to reach out if they're they're interested in joining Biza? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, you can either reach out to me on uh, LinkedIn or if you feel like reaching out via email, you can just email hello at biza.io. Great. Well, Stuart, it's been fantastic to chat with you again. Congrats to everybody. And, um, hey, I'm really excited about this next 12 months for you. Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Dexter. Thanks for having me again. It's a pleasure. 
Bank of Queensland Retail Banking Services through Temenos Banking Cloud is now live. The migration of BOQ's ME brand to Temenos is now underway. The move is designed to cut BOQ's costing once their migration from their legacy systems is complete. Shopify has entered into the small business lending space with the launch of Shopify Capital in Australia. With a pricing model that allows customers to repay a percentage of sales rather than a set amount, they are taking on the traditional banks. Ben Lyons, ex-Prosper, has joined our friends at Cape as their new Chief Revenue Officer and Brian Collins has left his role at Startup Bootcamp and his director seat at Fintech Australia. And in sad news, um, we had SwiftX unfortunately make 21% of staff redundant. This follows news that Mr. Yum had also made 17% of staff redundant. Our hearts and, and kind of thoughts go out to everybody right now. And look, if there is anything that Joanne or I can do to help out, please reach out. Um, whether it's just some advice, look at your resume, whatever it is we can do to help, reach out to us at info at tier1people.com. A reminder to join me in Melbourne on the 7th and 8th of September for Intersect Festival. If you haven't already secured your tickets, head to intersectfestival.com. In our latest podcast, I chat with Self-Wealth CEO, Kath Whitaker. And tune in for next, this Friday when I'll be catching up with James Fuller, the CEO and co-founder of Henry, winners of this year's People's Choice Award, FinTech of the Year. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast player and don't forget to leave us a five-star review. It really helps us in promoting the FinTech community to a global audience. If you have any news or feedback you want to share, Email me, Joanne, at tier1people.com. Until the next episode, stay safe. Fintech Chatter News is presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in fintech executive search. We help build world-class fintech ventures by connecting you with world-class talent. And you can find out more at tier1people.com.